episode number 123. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Mickey Cousset. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Greg. <laughs> well, I'm always so I'm so always so happy when one of our regular hosts. Wait, no, you're the regular are... host. I'm the irregular host. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are like you're out in the trenches. You you guys like work for a living. Yeah, I will use that as my excuse. <laughs> Uh, so what's been up, Mickey? Not much. I just got back from Ignite. So mm-hmm. I did a pre-con out there with fellow MVP Brian Randall and then stuck around for a couple of days to network and hit some sessions. Got getting caught up on you know the latest coming out from Windows Server 2016 and System Center 2016, since that's my bread and butter right now. How was Ignite? It was really crazy crowded. However, the food I actually enjoyed. They actually had for breakfast, they had bacon rubbed in brown sugar, which being from the South, I've still, I had not actually tried and, um, which surprises me, but it is really, really good. So I highly recommend it. Wow. They actually served the breakfast and stuff. Wow. So it was, it was, it was a good, it was good. It was very, very crowded, but there was a lot of good information there. I went to uh, some really good sessions when, you know, we're doing a lot more Azure stuff now. So they had obviously a lot of, of things were, were Azure focused. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll put a link. What's nice is that all of those sessions, or at least most of them, 238 as of this morning, are available on demand. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so we can go back and, and, and look at that from the keynotes to all the individual sessions. What about you? What, was, what have you been doing? Well, uh, working. Actually, I'm really excited. You know, um, this week, recently, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I did my TFS 2015 Update 3 on-prem update, went swimmingly well, really easy. Um, I'm getting ready to do TFS, quote unquote, 15 uh, in a couple weeks. I've been doing the um, build vNext and release management stuff or deploying our apps and building them all and using the vNext and fighting the the good battle because, you know, of course, our developers are like cutting edge and just Mixing and matching XProj versus CSProjs and these solutions, and we're doing uh, uh, SQL database projects and uh, all that good stuff. So I, I, I'm playing TFS guy, gracious, doing builds and releases, and you know, demoing it all. And I'm really excited about that. Going out and finding the extensions for our TFS that I could install and trying to get them in, and being very upset that uh, I didn't realize that the package management was only for BSTS and TFS 15, it's like, oh, you know, there's, it says right there on the page. Oh, but that's it's very clear. That would require like you actually read the manual. <laughs> I'd read, you know, it's like clicking on it. Why can't I install this? Oh, wait, there's an install and a download and, oh, package management's in 15. Oh. So anyway, uh, and we'll talk about that in the show. Excellent. Not package management, but 15. Sounds like a plan. Cool. And uh, anything else? Nope. Anything? Com- I'm just sitting around on my hands, waiting for Saturday as the next round of MVP renewals happens. As I'm, <laughs> I'm in the October branch. You and me both, my friend. I, I, I'm biting my fingernails. I've signed. Are you going to the summit? I am not going to be able to make the summit this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it either. I did sign up for it, but I didn't get a hotel or flight because Saturday is coming up. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I I have the utmost confidence in you, Greg. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is this is the first time we're being evaluated with the new MVP program. Correct. That's everyone else has been grandfathered in. So all the other (laughs) MVPs for the past year were pretty much, I'm going to automatically get it. Doesn't matter if I do anything or not. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yep, so all the new rules apply to us. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that pans out. But that means we we that means we truly earned it. You know, we can have that badge of of MVP ness. I, wait, I can't say that on the show. You can, can say that on the show. MVP enablement. Enablement. Or there you go. There's there a good go. way. A good way to get around that. <laughs> so um, enough of us. We've got a, a great guest uh, that was suggested to us. Uh, we reached out and he jumped on board. He's like, cool, I'll definitely be on. We have William Smythe with us today. William Smythe is a program manager on Visual Studio Team Services and Team Foundation Server. Will is responsible for third-party integration, extensibility, APIs, clients, and anything else that falls into the category of enabling integration with third-party tools and services. That's hard to say in like one breath. <laughs> <laughs> Will resides in Raleigh, North Carolina with his wife and two kids. Welcome to the show, Will. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, um, Listeners, as you guys know, when we have the guest on it, we're going to do our news. There's a lot of news. We're going to go really fast on the news. So you could definitely get all the links in the show notes. I'll make sure I put them all there. Uh, they'll all be there. We'll try not to say, look in the show notes for it because you'll get tired after the 15th or 20th time we say that. Uh, but every, all these stories, we'll have the links there. We're going to go through them relatively fast. Mickey and I are going to switch off as we only do and, and engage Will and, and see if we can get him to say something uh, that'll get him in trouble. Uh, no, that's uh, entertaining for you guys the first one team founder server 15 rc2 is now available and this is a go live install it now version of tfs 15 have you played with it and, greg no i've not because i refused to until it has a real name <laughs> that is that is my line in the stand until i can you know not call it 15 and, and, and have my my peers here say well we're on 2015 no no this isn't tfs 2015 this is tfs 15 there's a difference uh actually i just haven't had a chance to install it anywhere yet but uh i will admit that i have probably not installed an actual tfs on premise for testing in probably a good year to year and a half <gasps> because i tend to stick with visual studio team services <laughs> okay well i guess we'll let you go that's fine <laughs> On-prem, we're you know on-prem, we're a dying breed, dying proud breed. And, and honestly, uh, my co company is going more to Azure and Office 365 as well. Uh, I keep eyeball on that too. So, uh, but uh, one of the reasons why I'm not on it, even though it's go live, is we've talked about this in the show previously, and we'll have a links in the show notes. The differences, uh, platform differences, requirements between 2015 and TFS 15. There's a few important changes. We've talked about them. The big one for me was the SQL server. TFS no longer, TFS 15 no longer supports SQL 2012. And that's what we're currently having. So uh, tomorrow, matter of fact, during our normal maintenance cycle, we're going to upgrade that to 2016. And after that's done, assuming it all goes well, I'll be good and be definitely ready to install this when it goes RTM. Excellent. Okay. What else do we have? Uh, so we'll have the requirements changes of the release management. You know, I, I was, again, an idiot not reading it. The release management in 2015, TFS 2015 and VSTS is still a preview. They are, are working on the pricing model for it. And I was kind of like, when I saw that, it's like, oh my God, I'm already using this. I'm getting really excited about it and I'm going to have to pay for it. I'm going to have to try to sell this. <laughs> like, no. Uh, but they are actually doing really reasonable 
pricing schemes for this. And I love that. And we'll have, there's a whole post about pricing for release management and TFS quote unquote 15. So is it going to be actually understandable or is it still going to be one of those things where you, where you tell people, well, go talk to your, to your Microsoft guy. <laughs> it seems to be reasonable. There's, there's a lot of free. All right. That, that's kind of part of, part of the good thing. You know, it's, uh, there's a per user charge, but that is included in the Cal. So if you've already got an MSDN subscription and you're using that as your Cal, you're in. If you're already VSTS, uh, you know, the release management part is included with that. It's not bad. The pipelines are different though. And this is what's going to take some time to wrap our heads around, I think, is that you will get one release pipeline for free per TFS server. If you want additional pipelines, it's $15 concurrently each month. So it's like a little subscription model for that. And understanding that what a pipeline means, that is going to take additional work. And that's why the consultants are going to make the big money because it'll be explaining, no, it's not the releases. It's the, you know, here's what this thing of a pipeline really means and, and, and so on and so forth. So Okay. And they are still looking that even the Visual Studio subscriptions for increasing the number of pipelines you have, which I makes sense. They're, you know, they got to, we're, me at work here, we're paying a lot of money for our Visual Studio Enterprise Edition. So I would like to see that go towards more of these release pipelines since I'm pushing hard for that as being one of our only release mechanisms. And logically, that would make sense. So yeah. maybe they'll go that route. Well, I will be the first to admit that while I am not up to speed on Git because I am still a Team Foundation server, Team Foundation version control, you know, type of person, there have been some some updates in the in the latest update that give you some interesting things you can do. Two of which are you have the ability to import Git repos now, which I guess people will find cool. <laughs> and but what I thought was cool, and this shows you how how you know where my mindset is in some respects, is we actually have the ability to view work item attachments without actually leaving the work item. So when you click on images and whatnot, it's going to bring up a light box and show you the image. Now, I've not tried it, but mm-hmm. but both, both of those things, I've heard Brian Randall and other people, you know, talk about the fact that the importing the Git repos that they're going to, they're going to think is really, really cool. Now, one other bit of news that I find interesting is that Microsoft is also discontinuing their project server TFS integration. Yay, Naboo, whatever, you know. <laughs> It depends on how you feel about Project Server, I suppose. I've had a love, hate, 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 even worse relationship with Project Server for a long time. So now, however, for those of you that are that do care about Project Server integration with TFS, that doesn't mean that you're screwed, basically, because there is a partner out there whose name I'm going to slaughter called Tivitai, maybe? Put a link in the show notes. There's a partner who's built some integration between Project Server, Project Online, and Team Foundation Server, Visual Studio Team Services. And their solution has passed a design review by the Microsoft engineering team. And that's, you know, one of the solutions you'll now have that's available in the marketplace for Project Server integration. The blog post we're going to link to also points out that they're looking for other partners in this space. So if you've got a partner that provides that you're a partner and it provides this kind of solution, let them know. Reach out. So what about you, Greg? What do you think about Project Server? <laughs> I, I haven't used Project Server in, in like two or three lifetimes. And even then it was all like, ooh, this is neat. Okay, never mind. Um, I, I just have to laugh. The last MVP summit when this this came up and, and the room was like crickets. Like, who's interested in this? 
crickets, yep. crickets. It was like, yeah, <laughs> people are like, you mean that's still around? So yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, I am not uh, dismayed at this change. I'm actually probably thankful just to let this sunset and, you know, there's a rich API on both. Well, great opportunity for the partners. And I like the fact that also by hope, but potentially, and I don't know this, but potentially by sunsetting this, it opens up resources for them to focus on other things. Yes. So when we had Brian Harry on, which was awesome, and I was very fanboyish, uh, we asked him about his farm because he hasn't been blogging about his farm a lot. I always ask him about his farm every time <laughs> I see him. Well, he did two posts in two days about his farm. And the first one is just titled Fire! Uh, he tried to burn down his 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 barn. Basically, he's working with uh, big, uh, huge piles of woods and limbs, and they caught fire. And he tried to get rid of it, and it spread. And he gave a nice picture of his burned out uh, field here. Luckily, it wasn't that bad, and it was over pretty quick. And the fire department, I guess, came and says, "You know what? This happens all the time out here. Don't don't worry about it." But uh, actually, this is a great example of Brian. You know, he doesn't hide anything. It's he's a pretty darn transparent guy when he's talking about his farm and burning down, you know, the neighborhood or problems with TFS or rollouts or, you know, things like that. He is. Uh, For those of you that, that don't follow his blog, you really should because he actually owns a big old farm and he does all the farm work himself. So in addition to being, you know, in charge of all the stuff he's in charge of at Microsoft, he manages a full farm and is out there feeding the cows and baling the hay and, everything that comes along with a farm. In the other post that he did, he, he talks about that. As a cattle farmer, I go through a lot of hay, about 300,000 pounds per winter. Wow. Dude, that's a lot of hay. Uh, talking about hauling that, you know, the big rolls of hay. I guess there's a, a, a each one is 1,000 pounds. So he gets, you know, 100 rolls, uh, which is 100,000 pounds. Uh, that's a lot of hay, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I envy that. I look at that and I say, yeah, I want to do that. I want to grow up to do that. But hell, I can't take care of my freaking suburban house lawn. So uh, Agreed. I'm doing good to take care of my lawn. <laughs> so I got a news item here that I'm, you know, you know me, Greg. I'm such the developer nowadays. <laughs> so I've got a news item here that you assigned me. Thank you very much. <laughs> that I'm not even going to pretend that I necessarily, I kind of understand so I'll have to turn in my developer card. But it's basically a blog post, Application Insights Tokenization for Visual Studio Team Services Extensions. Hey, wait, don't we have some guy on the call today that knows something about third-party integration and extensibility? Yeah, we do. But anyway, so <laughs> essentially what it amounts to is when you start putting – they've got a couple of links in here. And apparently when you start adding Application Insights telemetry into your yeah. extensions – it shares out your instrumentation key publicly, which is a kind of a, it's not a showstopper, but not the best of security, you know, practices and whatnot. So they talk about in here how you can basically replace that with a token, which is dynamically exchanged and walks you through a whole bunch of stuff that I looked at and my eyes glazed over a little bit because, you know, I'm straddling that line between IT pro and developer right now. But for those of you that when I said that, they went, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. We've got a link to the blog post for you. Yeah. The reason why I really I wanted to include that is it's to, is to great... make me admit that I'm not a developer anymore. I know. Oh, well, duh. I actually, I don't think you have to admit that. Everybody knows that, Mickey. <sighs> it's the, <laughs> sorry. I got, my asshole flag is set to true today. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's the secrets. 
anybody who's doing this kind of work and even like a public repo or shared repo, what do you do with the secrets, the things, those keys that you don't want to share? Uh, and anybody doing any Azure development or cloud development, you know, there's validation keys, there's private keys, there's stuff that you put in the source code, in the actual like files. Um, but you don't want to check that in. So how do you deal with that? How do you replace those dynamically when you go through uh, the build process? And that's what I, I was really excited about in seeing this. Sorry. I, I guess I should have just did it. But well, you did a much better had... job, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, our friends at Northwest Cadence, Northwest Cadence are out with a series of uh, new videos like uh, running builds in Build VNext with Team Foundation Server 2015, your first Kanban Borg, NuGet Management Package. Manage <laughs> That's hard for me to say, obviously. Maybe my, my mouth is going too fast or my brain is going too slow. A number of series of, of, uh, number of, series of good videos, and, and they're free. There you go. I so, love Northwest Cadence. Steve Borg's a yep. really good friend, and they do a lot of good work for the community out there. Absolutely. Well... I've got to talk about my friend Ben Day, and I've talked about Ben Day before. Now, Ben Day at Benday.com, B-E-N-D-A-Y.com, is another ALM consultant who also happens to be an accomplished jazz pianist who is completely self-taught. And if you can find the hidden space on his website, you can find actual files of him playing piano. But that's not why we're talking about Ben Day today. <laughs> while we're talking about Ben Day today is a couple of different reasons. First off, he just released a new Pluralsight course. I've not watched it yet, but it's called DevOps Skills with Visual Studio and TFS. So it's basically all about basically DevOps skills for developers <laughs> using Visual Studio and TFS. So if that's something that you're interested in, you should definitely go check that out. He's also got a blog post out about the TFS test hub. What does it all mean? I will completely admit that I've not read this, but it looks like in, in briefly going through it that he breaks down the TFS test hub in a lot of d detail, including talking about test plans and test suites and test cases. So for those of you that are new to the test hub or to TFS, that's definitely something you should go check out. And finally, he's also been on .NET Rocks. So Ben Day has been a busy boy this week. <laughs> he was on .NET Rocks talking about how multi multitasking is potentially bad. <laughs> Being the developer, I mean, he's, is, he, is he using async in a way? What's he talking oh, about, no. threading? <laughs> oh, no, the human multitasking. So Ben Day is, I, I love Ben. So again, like I said, he's also an accomplished pianist. So you might as well check that out if you get the chance. We got to get him back on. We had him on July 2013. So that's over three years. We definitely have to. Oh, it's time. The statute of limitation has, has passed and the training <laughs> order is probably null and void by now. Um, and speaking of extensions and extensibility, I, I wanted to give a real shout out to Michael Seidel. Siddle. He's the one that actually recommended that we get William Smythe, Will Smythe on. Uh, we now have in the marketplace, uh, Visual Studio, marketplace at visualstudio.com, a real wiki for VSTS and in the future TFS. So it's not an MD files. We have to deal with that. It's actually a true wiki. Um, it's still in a, a trial phase. You can install it. They're looking at the, the pricing models for it, but it's nice. I, I, I love this from a documentation point of view. And as a current and former Jira Confluence guy, I found us not having a wiki in TFS or VSTS um, a need. So It's got yeah, some really good reviews too. Yeah, it, and I don't know if you've seen kind of the screenshots of the, the GIFs he has, but he's got some really, or they've got some really nice editing features that 
uh, you know, I, I haven't seen before, actually. And um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of, you know, feedback he continues to get on this. It's it's pretty exciting stuff. You know, the, the fact that you can sort of drag and drop images, um, I mean, it's really good stuff. Oh, sweet. Yeah, if you just go to the, the link right up in the show notes here, I mean, you can actually see it's got he's got screenshots that are GIFs that are showing you what's going on. This looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think we need to get them to get those GIFs up higher in the in the page, kind of <laughs> kind of at the bottom here. But absolutely agreed, agreed. That's what got me excited. You know, wiki and when you have to learn the wiki commands and stuff, I was like, uh, I hate doing that. But the fact that to drag and drop like normal humans will be able to use this and not have to understand the whole wiki lines. I love that. Love that. So I, I got one more one more news item I want to bring up real quick because it's also back from my friends from Northwest Cadence. They have created a, a VM dedicated to Java development with Visual Studio Team Services that you can you can get at GitHub. It's a virtual machine that's running Ubuntu, and it's got everything you need to run the accompanying hands-on labs, dealing with Eclipse and Team Explorer everywhere. And it, we've got a link. We'll have a link in our show notes to where you can see that, as well as a link to where uh, Colin Dabowski, who is also a good friend of mine, who is an, an ALM MVP, who has finally made it to... Northwest Cadence in Seattle, because he's been in South Africa for a while, is got a good outlined post that talks about this virtual machine as well. So this is really, really cool. It's going to be a great resource, and they've gone to a lot of effort to, to put this together for the, for the community. So I highly recommend the community go check it out. Cool. They even have a YouTube playlist of short videos for each of each of the labs that you do on that. Nice. Nice touch. <sighs> Speaking of cross-platform stuff and extensibility stuff, Will, um, TFVC support is in preview for the Team Services plug-in for IntelliJ and Android Studio. Is this something that uh, you work on, Will, and your team works on? Yeah, is- it's actually, we have a, a team now that's focused fully just on Java, Java tooling, Java support. And so that, that team actually built this. And it, you know, it's pretty amazing what that team has kind of turned out if you've looked over the last year. You know, this sort of IntelliJ support is, is kind of a big one. Um, the fact that they, they have TFVC support is, is pretty awesome, I know, for a lot of people. Uh, but it's really cool to see what, what's all going on in the Java space and what's coming out of that team. But yeah, they, they sit basically right down the hall from, from my team. Cool. All right. What else have we got, Mickey? Oh, okay. All right. I got one last thing, and I'm going to shut up. Um, um, <laughs> which is, we've got a link in our show notes to, to, to an article on managing code quality using SonarCube with Visual Studio 2015 and T- TFS 2015 build. So, I've never used SonarCube. I'll admit that, but this looks like a really in-depth article with a lot of screenshots that looks that walks you through looks like almost step by step how to use Sonar Cube to you know be able to do whatever it is that Sonar Cube does. It's an open source platform developed to manage quality of code. <laughs> you know, it's funny how the show lineup is all these things that I want to do here. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder <laughs> why that is. Greg. Uh Again, Will, is this, is this something your team, your team works on or uh, providing the endpoints and service points for this kind of integration? Yeah, that, that's primarily what my team focuses on is sort of the infrastructure that, that partners and other developers are able to then plug into to enable these kinds of integrations. So, you know, we're kind of the guys behind the scenes, if you will, providing all the hooks and, you know, the infrastructure that our team services teams use to kind of build out their extensibility points and then partners and developers then kind of tap into so I guess you could say we kind of have a part in all these integrations and extensions in some way, um, just kind of at a lower level most of the time. So you are the wizards that make it possible for all these other people 
to do these things. Yeah, we're we're kind of kind of we kind of think of ourselves as sort of a platform team or a framework team, and we basically provide sort of the sort of the glue that you know connects sort of the lower level services of our product with sort of the um, integration points that that different areas of the product want to kind of build out. So you know, we're responsible for the sort of extensibility model, sort of the new extension model, um, sort of all the infrastructure around that, um, as well as then all sort of the REST API infrastructure that teams, you know, use to kind of build out their REST APIs. We have a nice consistent set of REST APIs. Um, and then pretty much any other kind of integration points like uh, service hooks, for example, is another um, area that we own, um, service hooks being the ability for us to kind of fire out events to other services when things happen in your team services or TFS project. Yeah, it's a lot of the, what I like to think of is kind of the cool stuff, uh, the stuff that people don't always see, but it's kind of driving and kind of enabling all these integrations. So if you're a developer like me who, you know, view of a great UX is gray buttons on a gray background with grids, you know, and you're, you're focusing on the back end, it's like that kind of team, not the front end team, well, the back end team. Well, what's, what's actually funny about that is, so, and we basically have sort of three parts to our team. One is sort of all the stuff I just talked about, sort of the extensibility, contribution framework, all that. We actually also own the, the web platform and sort of all the UI components that teams use to build out their web experiences. Mm. Um, and then you know, we also own um, sort of all the alerting and notifications, which we're doing a lot of work in right now. We haven't talked too much about externally, but um, we're doing a major overhaul of Sort of our alerts, if you will, you know, email alerts and notifications, so we can support, you know, mobile push and other places where you, where people want to actually get their alerts. So yeah, pretty pretty broad sort of set of things that that the OpenALM team, my my team, kind of handles. I'm just processing, so feel free to talk. To <laughs> Uh, I got one more news story that I want to I want to talk about, and this one is just because it shows the flexibility of uh, Visual Studio 2015 and TFS 2015 build again. Is that um, and it's another Sonar Cube post? No, I'm an idiot. You know, it'd be <laughs> it would help if I were on the right tab in Edge here. Um, it does show the extensibility of uh, the Microsoft ALM tools. And, and that's one of the things that, that I really love about it, and especially the way it's growing more and more open and, uh, you know, it's just breaking down the silos. It's setting up repository, setting up VSTS for IBM Rational Team Concert source control repositories. So if you're a Rational Team Concert, RTC, IBM people, you can use VSTS to work with that. And here's an entire post on, on doing that, including builds. You know, if you're doing an Android and Ant built and Maven and, you know, uh, hooking up to Git and, and doing all of these, connecting the services and uh, all that stuff, here's a great post for you that we'll have links in the show notes. Uh, I just love that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've, we've come a long way at the end of the last few years in terms of integration. You know, when I first came to Microsoft. I actually came from IBM Rational, which is kind of funny that you should just, that's a good segue, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whenever I, whenever I came, you know, we didn't have, certainly didn't have REST APIs. You know, we had the, the client OM and we had the, the Java SDK, but you know, we weren't really in a mode of thinking about how we could sort of make a better product by enabling integrations with other products. You know, there's a lot of great tools and um, services out there that people are using and, and it's, it's been kind of fun to watch sort of the shift 
I think, both within our own product, but then also sort of in Microsoft as a whole towards sort of this idea that, you know, and we don't care, you know, if you want to use something else, that's great. You know, we obviously want to be in the sort of the in the picture. We want to be at the center of your picture, hopefully. But, you know, if you need to use something else, if you have code in GitHub, that's great. We want to make sure that you can connect and use you know those different services together and, and be productive doing it. So it's been fun working on a lot of the pieces in the product that have now sort of enabled a lot of these integrations that we're starting to see get built by our own teams, but then also by, by partners and MVPs and others. I love that. Sitting here on the outside, you know, not being an FTE, uh, I, I love that kind of openness. Um, I do too, and I think that's right. gone a long way toward toward you know, honestly, just making people feel better about working using the Microsoft tools yeah. and the Microsoft technologies. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know, it's still, you know, so we we still have obviously a lot of work that we need to do. You know, I think about whenever I was in IBM, and you know, I just. You know, at the time, would have never even thought, you know, Microsoft or, or thinking about using a Microsoft product, um, you know, especially for like sort of team development. It just wasn't sort of in my normal view of things. Uh, but you know, now, you know, with all the great things that we're doing in the build and release space, you know, the support for Git, which I think it was huge. You know, I think that's really opened up a, a lot of people's eyes to sort of the, the potential of what the Microsoft tools can provide them, even if they aren't, you know, a .NET shop, they aren't a, you know, traditional Visual Studio customer or developer. Agreed. So we're two thirds into the show and we still haven't really engaged Will. Oh, that's My not fault. true. Will has been jumping in, but. <laughs> but it's supposed to be about Well, then let's Will. make it about Will. Uh, but first, I have to talk to Alan Rangers, and we'll just say I've got three posts that will have links in the show notes. Do you have what it takes to be a ranger? Because you know I always ask that of every ALM ranger that's on the show, uh, written by Edward Fry. We have a, how, a post on how the ranger community has evolved over the last 10 years and what the future plan is from Willie and the transformation from a secret society to a community, also by Willie. Uh, so those links will be in the show notes. So, Will. Hi, Will. One of the things. <laughs> Shut up, Mickey. Oh, um, one of the things I like to ask all of our guests is, and strangers on the street when I run into them, what's like one of the coolest things, dev or non-dev? It really doesn't matter. You look back on that and you say that was like, you know, that was at the top of my bucket list. That was the coolest thing oh, that I've done. Man, I hmm. I, I now feel like I should have thought through some of these questions ahead of time. Um, uh, it's more, more, more fun if we do it uh, impromptu. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, so I'm kind of on the topic of, you, you mentioned Brian and, you know, Brian always kind of likes to blog about stuff that he's doing outside of work, which is I think really cool. So Brian, I don't know if you remember this, maybe, maybe two months ago, a couple months ago, he wrote about this, this week long sort of, I'll say camping sort of exploration trip he went on with his son, uh, you know, just kind of the, just the, the experience he had and being in the mountains for, I think it was about a week, sort of all the adventures and sort of the pain of, of, you know, not being able to have a warm shower and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that kind of reminded me of sort of a similar trip that I took in high school. I mean, basically almost identical kind of a trip, but it was a group of us kind of led by people at school or whatever. Um, But week long trip, I grew up in Colorado. So we went out and we basically spent a week in the wilderness, went up to a, 14,000 foot mountain. Um, but I just remember like what an interesting kind of different experience that, that was or that, that is compared to what we are accustomed, accustomed to in our sort of normal lives and how normal that would have been, you know, a hundred years ago. 
Um, but I, I think that was probably one of the coolest things that I've, I've done. Um, just kind of the adventure of being out there and kind of having to keep moving because we weren't you know, just kind of hanging out. We actually had to hike about you know, 60 or 70 miles to get to where they were actually picking us up. So definitely one of the coolest things for the non-dev uh, that I've done. Excellent. <laughs> so, so they like, dropped you off and says, yeah, we'll pick you up 60 miles away. Yeah, pretty much. You better make it. There's a group of about, I, I don't remember if there's like 14, 15 of us with our counselor, counselor too. But yeah, but you were in high school, so you felt like you could do anything. That that is true. You don't you don't think about all the the things that could go wrong, or you know. But <laughs> it was a, it was a great trip. You know, you know, rainstorms and thunderstorms, and you know, freezing cold on the top of the mountain in July, kind of stuff. Um, oh wow! Good, good times. Wow. So I have a question for you because we're just going to randomly pepper you with questions. <laughs> um, great. Which which is what is a day in the life of Will like? Oh, oh a boy. Day- a day in the life of Will. Well, let's see. So um, I typically get to work early. So um, if I can avoid, you know, I, I actually want and like to take my kids to school. They're, they're younger. They're in second grade and first grade. I, I actually like taking them to school. Um, I think I may have said work earlier, but I meant school. Um, but they're actually now at a point where they don't want me to take them to school because <laughs> they'd worse. actually rather, it, it, they're not embarrassing me per se, but they're, um, you know, the, my mom, my mom, their mom, my wife teaches at school, and when they go with her, they get to get to school early. They get to hang out on the computer at school and be the first one in their class. And pretty much, if, if they're coming with me, they know they're going to get there right at the time that the bell's going to ring, and they're going to, you know, be the last people in in their seat. So anyway, so typically I'll get up, get to work kind of as early as I can, try to get as much, you know, work and email caught up with as I as I can before you know, people start showing up. And what's kind of nice about being on the East Coast. So I'm in Raleigh is that, you know, we basically have a good two or three hours, if not more of time before sort of Redmond wakes up. So we get a good little break there before, you know, kind of the, you know, the rush of, you know, questions and meetings and calls start kind of happening uh, with people in Redmond and elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, kind of on a day-to-day basis, you know, it's a lot of, you know, you know talking with you know, the development team, you know, we all you know, sit very close together. We're, we're going to be moving to a new building here in about, what is this, maybe six weeks from now, uh, where we'll actually be in one big sort of team room. Each team will have their own team room where everyone will be sitting in the same room. Um, I know I'm going to like that. I'm not I'm not sure that the engineering team is going to like that, but I'll, I'll like being close and uh, being able to ask questions all day long. I'm sure they'll love that. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting coming from, from IBM and kind of the difference um, between sort of the product management role in IBM versus Microsoft and in IBM it was I'll say much more business oriented. You know, I was aware of exactly how much money my product was making and how much we were spending on different, you know, expenses, you know, between people and you know, you know, hardware costs, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, whereas in Microsoft, you know, it isn't something that a PM has to deal with. At least me at sort of my level, I don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, I get to focus on you know building great products talking to customers, talking to the engineering team, you know, spending my time thinking about what we're building next. So it's quite quite a difference. Um, and that's really what I like, you know, about, you know, working at Microsoft is just being able to be more technical and, and be much more engaged with customers and, and the engineering team. Cool. Okay. What's like the most outside of the box third-party integration that, that you've seen? Yeah, that's what I want to know. I want to know some customer that's yeah. called you up or partners called you up and said, we want to do this. Can you create an API? And you just went, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we've had some 
we've had some weird requests. I don't know that I, I would throw any of them in the sort of the outside the box category. Most most of the requests are, are typically along the uh, that's just not really technically possible. It <laughs> sounds like a fine idea, but um, you know, if you look at kind of like at the marketplace, which I know you guys probably talk quite a bit about, and, and hopefully you're highlighting um, as you as you talk uh, on your show, but you know, there's a lot of I would say really solid extensions out there are really you know, a lot of like practical and not, not trying to make it sound sound boring but there's actually you know like if you go to other marketplaces or and i'll say this as nicely as i, as I can if you go to the like the visual studio gallery sort of the gallery that you know that you get visual studio extensions from you know there's a lot of stuff that you're just like yeah you know that's that's okay or you know that seemed like a cool thing for some some guy to build and kind of throw out there on a weekend um which and there's Certainly, you know, a place for that. But I feel like a lot of the extensions that are out there for the Visual Studio Marketplace for for Team Services and TFS are are really solid kind of extensions. You know, like this other one from Agile Extensions, this Personas one, I think is really solid. Um, you know, we've built quite a few extensions just to kind of show people how to build them, like the Team Calendar extension, which it's one of these features you're like, oh, you know, we don't actually have a calendar kind of built into the product for a team to kind of look at and see, you know, days off and upcoming, you know, sprint deployments and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we built an extension that, you know, we think other people can kind of use as a model for, for building extensions. So, yeah, lots of good stuff out there and definitely encourage people to to look at it at the marketplace if they haven't already. Now, do y'all provide, do you provide any help or, or resources to partners that are that are wanting to build an extension? If they, do they contact you all and say, hey, we're wanting to kind of do this. Can you get us started? Or do you just say, go read my blog, leave me alone? Yeah, that's exactly what we did. No, just kidding. We don't. <laughs> um, no, we, um, and we've actually, we, we worked for a long time with um, you know, the BS partner program, BSIP, sometimes mm-hmm. called BSIP. Um, we've been engaged with them for a number of years. Um, it's kind of interesting. I think the very first BSIP summit I went to is you know, probably one of the first years I was at Microsoft. And you know, I was up there presenting and talking about TFS and VSO, or I think we were calling it still TF Service, I think, at the time, which was even more confusing for people than maybe some of the other names. Um, and I just remember the crowd was just like, almost like, we have no idea what, you know, because, you know, we have no idea what TFS is. We don't really know what, you know, TF Service is, because a lot of them were in that VSIP crowd were, were basically Visual Studio client extension developers or component developers. And it's been kind of fun to watch over the last few years, kind of that shift. I mean, there's still quite a few Visual Studio extension developers in VSIP, of course, but there's a lot more team services, uh, TFS partners that are involved in VSIP. And, you know, we're certainly engaged with VSIP. And, yeah, so partners either come in through VSIP and contact us, and we're always willing to help them. Um, we also have an email alias that has, has actually worked really well. It sounds kind of, kind of old school, but you know, anybody, you know, partners or you know, this random you know developer out there can can email us at VSO integration at Microsoft.com, um, which is kind of an unfortunate you know, email address. It's VSO, but that's what it is. So VSO integration at Microsoft.com, and you know we'll provide help. We'll answer. We're pretty responsive. Um, kind of help people. Kind of point them to APIs. Help them with the problem that they're running into. Um, but we definitely are are there to help people. You know, it's not our full time job. You know, we obviously are building the product too, but we feel like it's it's easier for us to just be there answering questions and helping people since we're, you know, responsible for a lot of the sort of pieces that that people are asking questions about. Excellent. So so is there any integration point out there right now 
that you think is missing that a partner should step in and try to fill? That's right. putting you on the spot, I know, but I just thought I'd ask. You know, I think there's some areas where I sort of expected there to be maybe more um, integrations done, and, and, and there's quite a few out there, but maybe not as many as I expected. And that's kind of in the, the dashboard space. You know, we have, a I think, a pretty nice dashboard kind of solution. So whenever you create a new team project, team project and you go to the, what do we call it now, home, home, home hub, um, you, know, you have this dashboard where you can go add new widgets. Uh-huh. And that list of widgets, you know, that you see or that a user sees um, is, is extensible. You can add new widgets. You know, a developer can build a new widget, contribute it to the or publish it up to the marketplace. Users can find it, install it, and then they can start using that widget. It feels like there's just a lot of opportunities or a lot more opportunities for people, developers, to build widgets that can surface information from, from different places or provide even some interactive kind of capabilities. It's kind of an open sort of playground, I would say, of, of opportunity right there in that widget widget dashboard space for, for partners. Cool. Yeah, I think that's just a matter of people getting used to the idea of having that dashboard. You know, for, for the longest time, we would – using the web side of TFS or, or VSDS, it just – you didn't think about that as much. You know, you went to it for code, you checked in code and, and, you know, you do your work items and you do your queries and that kind of thing. You know, that, I mean, the whole dashboard is relatively new, right? Yeah. I think, um, was it maybe earlier this year that it came out? Yeah. Sometimes get my, yeah. my years kind of munched together, but yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, if you just kind of accept the vanilla out of the box, it probably isn't terribly useful to you or your team on a day to day basis. But when you actually get in there and actually start, dropping in new tiles that represent your active bug counts, you know, thing, you know things like that that people actually are going to look at. It's, you know, it's pretty valuable. We look at it during our stand-up. We'll, we'll go check what the, the bug count is um, and, and look at some of the other metrics that we've kind of surfaced. But, yeah, it's one of those things where it's customizable. You can kind of make it, uh, you know, do whatever you want with it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good, good feature, and it's obviously a very good place for people to contribute new things, new types of widgets. So – What's coming? What's what's from a, from your side of the the house? What's new that's coming that you can share that you're open to share? Let me like what's in TFS fifteen? What's that exciting thing that you're just thankful that's you know, thank God that's getting out? You know, I I think one of the the, the nice things that that we're doing in in Dev fifteen in TFS fifteen um, is is really the, the sort of the, what we call connected experience internally or cloud connected extension experience. And that's the ability for you as now a TFS user to go click the marketplace icon in TFS and actually have it launch the public marketplace. You can go find an extension you want, click install. It's going to actually bring it down to your TFS server. And if, you know, assuming you have all the right permissions and such, you can actually install it you know, all in sort of one flow, um, which is a pretty nice experience. I mean, it was, you know, you know as you, I think, uh, I can't remember which one, which one of you said this, but, you know, and, the current version of TFS, you can download or you can take an extension that you've downloaded from the marketplace and upload it to your TFS. It's kind of manual. You have to go download this v6 file from the marketplace, then go over and upload it into your TFS environment. Uh, the cloud-connected experience will make it just very seamless. Like I said, just kind of one flow to be able to go find an extension from the public marketplace and actually install it into your on-prem TFS. And And what's kind of cool also about that is the fact that if the developer of that extension goes and publishes a new version, you're going to get that new version automatically on your TFS environment. So, you know, every, I think it's set up for every day or something, you can change it. Every day we'll go check for updates. TFS will go check for updates of any of the extensions that you've pulled in from the marketplace. 
and it will go download those updates and automatically apply them. So pretty pretty exciting, I think, for GFS on-prem customers now to more easily be able to take advantage of extensions and some of the cool stuff that's going on there. This is going to sound like a stupid question. So, uh, yeah, I was the one talking about that. And, yeah, the download, upload, the, the Cloud Connect is awesome, awesome. That's going to be great. I can't wait to get that. Um, but with TFS 2015 yeah. and the extensions that we upload and download, so those are not auto-updating. That's right. Yeah, if you want to get an update of one of those extensions, you have to go download a later version. If you if you know about the later version, mm-hmm. there's nothing that's going to tell you there's a later version. Go download it and re-upload it. So, it's, you know, it's manual. It it works. You know, people have certainly been downloading a lot of extensions for TFS on-prem for, for 2015. But, you know, what we're going to be doing in the, in the 15 release or what, with what you already see in the RCs is pretty exciting, I think. Awesome. Well, we're coming towards the end. Is there anything that I that we should have asked you, but we didn't? So there was one other thing that I that I kind of mentioned, kind of briefly, that our team works on, and that's that's notifications. Um, mm-hmm. And this will be something that we'll talk more about, um, you know, through the rest of this year um, as we start rolling out these features. But you know, we've basically gone and sort of re-overhauled or overhauled the notification system, you know, that alert mm-hmm. email system. So now we've made it a lot. We're going to add a lot more abilities for you to get notifications out of the box. So instead of you just having to go opt into a bunch of stuff to get any sort of email notifications, they're going to automatically get you know a good set of notifications that makes sense for them. They can go opt out if they want, but they're going to get stuff automatically. And then there'll be you know over time more delivery options. We'll you know tie in support for you know Slack and HipChat and Office. Um, and they'll be sort of directly connected into the notification experience. So. Pretty excited about that. It's all extensible. So eventually it will be um, enabled for third-party integration where they can find their own sort of integration points through that. So pretty pretty cool stuff there. Cool. Where's a, beyond the VSO integration at Microsoft.com, which we'll have in the show notes for everybody, what's a, another way for people to connect with you? Yeah, so if you go to integrate.visualstudio.com, so integrate.visualstudio.com, that will send you basically to our landing page where you can jump into the extensions, you can look at the REST API reference. You know, we're going to be working on overhauling our .NET and, and Node references as well. Uh, but that's kind of the place to kind of get started. From there, you can kind of get, get to any of the information that we have that's public. Cool, cool. And I'm going to issue a challenge to our listeners. So you heard him. He wants more dashboard widgets. So if you're a listener, if you build a dashboard widget and you put it up on the site, and, and you send me a link to show that it's up in the marketplace and it works, then I'll send you some stickers. Radio TFS stickers, baby. And where can they send those? Where's the email address, Mickey? Oh, Lord, you would ask me that. Okay. Radio TFS <laughs> at Outlook.com. <laughs> I was trying to segue. I guess that didn't work out quite well, did it? <laughs> um, we're also available at Radio TFS. You can get us at uh, Facebook slash Radio TFS or voicemail. Give us a voicemail, 1-425-233-8379. And if it's safe for work, we play your voicemails on the air. Will, I really appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All righty. And Mickey, it was good talking with you. Uh, keep, we'll both our, keep our fingers crossed for Saturday. Absolutely. And uh, thank you all for listening to Radio TFS. Radio TFS.